TequilaAficionado.com podcast number three. This is Alex Perez, editor and founder of TequilaAficionado.com. On this podcast, you'll find the second segment on my show with Mike Morales from the New Mexico Tequila Experience. We hope you enjoy it. Okay, we have just opened the bottle of Dos Lunas Silver. And Mike, you were kind enough to bring this to us. Yeah, those these are courtesy of uh, Dos Lunas uh, LLC and, and uh, D.W. Turner, the public relations company for Dos Lunas. And uh, as I mentioned before, the bottle looks very much like an obelisk, like a um, uh, very similar to, to the vodka bottles you see now that they got the window, the see-through window, and a picture behind it. So they're very, very nice to look at. Very, very beautiful presentation. Very elegant presentation. Now it's uh, the silver is clear colored. The brightness is not the same as the siembra azul. I, I don't, I don't feel. No, I, I think the siembra azul has a little bit of a, of a brighter uh, mm-hmm. color to it. It's got very good legs, though. Excellent legs. Nice uh, string of pearls. Oh, I thought you were talking about my legs. <laughs> Did you shave this morning, by the way? <laughs> no, I never shaved. <laughs> God. European style. <laughs> oh, good for you. <laughs> no, yeah, it has. It does have some uh, some uh, very nice legs. And yes. The nose is nice. Um, the nose, I find, and this is again my personal opinion, I find a very yeasty smell to it on the very top. I can, I can, I can s- smell that. And it's very, to me, very reminiscent of um, what is happening with the Don Julio line. Um, you're beginning to smell a lot of the yeast. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but you'll smell yeast um, at the very top. In the middle, you'll smell the uh, agave. At first at first blush, you'll you'll smell a lot of alcohol. Yes. Of course, this, this bottle has been through, a, not through customs, but it's been through a flight this morning, uh, where, by the way, I had to actually claim it was food for me to have them let me bring <laughs> it on the plane. So it was food in, in, in Phoenix, and it was food in, in Ontario, so in Albuquerque. Well, that's tequila here. Now, this is uh, Dos Lunas Tequila Silver, 100% blue agave. They claim it is double distilled. It's got a sharp attack. Uh, it's definitely not as, as smooth as a Siembra Azul is. It stays with you. It's got a good alcohol burn. It does. And the attack is actually um, uh, in the mouth, not in the throat. Yes, so it actually goes down uh, nice and easy. It's a very, very solid tequila. They have a very good foundation, um, I think, in in the selection. It's definitely one that you can... It's definitely, like I say, a solid tequila that you, you wouldn't have any qualms serving. Mixing it in the margarita, definitely. It's a gr- This would be a gr- an excellent mixer for uh, some of the uh, the new uh, drinks out there. Uh, or even with a, with a can of Sprite. You know, or a sangrita on the side. Sure. Excellent with sangrita on the side. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind sipping this either. No, not it's at all. very good. Um, I would say, if you're familiar with Don Julio, if you like those types of tequilas and where they're headed and, and, and that direction, you will, you will enjoy this tequila very much. And it's a beautiful bottle to look at, too. And it's very much a conversation piece. So uh, you, kinda, you, you, you can get uh, a lot of mileage out of this tequila, definitely. Well, you pretty much described the bottle pretty well, and I like the the picture window. If you like, uh, I know there's a lot of tequila bottle collectors out there. <laughs> yes, uh, this famous person in the Ian Chadwick's uh, Lou Barton. Lou Barton. Uh, there are several. Lou Barton, Lou Barton, Mark Cannon, 
Tim Carter, uh, if you look or if you've, if you've had a chance to look at pocotequila.com, P-O-C-O tequila.com, the majority of the bottles and also uh, Harry Riefschneider, those are the three primary collectors where most of those bottles that you see on that website come from. I didn't know that until I met these gentlemen. <laughs> and if you think I'm crazy about tequila, you should meet these guys. Uh, they are some serious, serious collectors. Uh, these guys have uh, Lou Barton, as a matter of fact, was interviewed recently uh, by the Univision station in San Antonio. And he was kind enough to send me the, 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 uh, the news piece. This man has at l- thousands of bottles in his home. They're, they line the floors. They're in his closet. And there's a, these are historical bottles. These are bottles that are 150 years old, porcelain, painted in, in, in gold. Um, and, and most of them are full. That's the other thing. I, I think uh, Lou Barton is a, is a great photographer, by the way, and um, is a published photographer, as a matter of fact. And uh, I think through our, through our tour, he was the most sober of all of us because he, he, he was so busy getting his shots. You know, he, he was just... So he's a man of self-control. Yes, so. very much. <laughs> he's just, you know, and Tim Carter was the same way. Tim Carter was just, they, he served up uh, pictures of his home in Denver, and it's amazing. His, he's got his bottles lining windows so that the sun shines through them, and, it, and they're beautiful. And I wonder, you know, what makes these guys tick? I think, I think that's great. Uh, it would be a great article. I think I'll, I'll probably wind up having a good time interviewing each of these gentlemen. But if you ever go to Pocotequila.com or if you've been on that website, those are the three or four gentlemen that that uh, whose collections have been photographed by Mark Cannon, who's a, a beautiful graphics photographer. As a matter of fact, Mark Cannon is responsible for the l- label and design of Los Abuelos tequila. Los Abuelos is a brand new tequila. It is available in Southern California. I believe, um, uh, I'm not sure which of the stores in the state are carrying it, but Southern California primarily. But if you get your hands on a bottle of Los Abuelos, Mark Cannon is a graphic artist. He actually designed the label for Los Abuelos, and that is a a tequila manufactured by a fifth-generation salsa, uh, which we were really... uh, uh, it was such a neat thing to go visit that distillery because it was the summer home of the Sousa family, one of the last portions of property that was kept by the Sousa family. And the distillery is an ancient distillery, literally a museum that is now back up in production using a taona, which is the millstone. Very interesting, yeah. And if you get a hand... If you get your hands on a bottle of Los Abuelos, get yourself the silver tequila. It is the by far one of the best silver tequilas you will taste, uh, especially with in the manner how it's manufactured with the Taona. That, that I think, that that nail to Soro, you'll have a really good... Uh, it just adds that characteristic. Oh, yes. The characteristics are totally different. They're night and day. Night and day. Well, I've actually been to his uh, website. He's, he's actually got a very good eye, very good hand with his uh, designs. He is, impressive. He is a very, uh, very humble man. And a great guy, and a and another tequila aficionado, just another tequila fan, and a great guy, just just a great guy. All, all these people that we went on this tour with, I can I think I, I can call them my friends more more so now than before. 
because literally, I was very fortunate when we went on this tour because I knew a few of the people that were that were going. But literally, it was a 36-person blind date. Now, we, we're talking about uh, the tequila tour that was uh, held in March. Yes. Right? Remember March 2006? Yep. It was uh, led by Ian Chadwick mm-hmm. of Canada, who's also a big tequila aficionado, who's got a great website with uh, marvelous information, probably one of the first to have such a complete uh, tequila environment, if you will, on the Internet with uh, fascinating his, information for everybody. His was the, his website is the Bible of tequila information. And by the way, uh, if, if you like to visit his website, uh, it's ianchadwick.com. Uh, slash tequila, and he is updating that website. So he'll have brand new information, more graphics, new pictures. Um, it's kind of a slow process when you're a, a webmaster, but uh, definitely will be updated. And it is the Bible of tequila. If it's anything you've ever wanted to know about tequila, you can find out on his website. And um, yeah, it was a, it was a magical tour. It really, really was. So um, you you called it a blind date, which I think described it perfectly. It was uh, you and thirty some some other tequila maniacs, if you yeah. will. Yeah, <laughs> with one thing in common. You know, we all came from all over the United States. With one thing in common, we liked, we loved tequila. And that was a, a tour that was pretty put on pretty quickly. I mean, it was uh, it wasn't something that you had to mill over, and uh, it was something like, hey, you know what? Let's let's get together, and everybody pretty much got together and, and did it. It it was it was interesting because a lot of the people that were involved had connections. Uh, you know, I of course knew people from from our sh- previous shows. Uh, Ian knew people. Um, Harry Reef Schneider, who is uh, another big collector, who was actually the, the our our point man for this show or for this tour, um, knew a lot of people. And so the tours we were given that we experienced were. More than the average tour that a tourist would get at the last minute, um, it was very much in depth. Uh, it we were thirty six considered. We were treated like experts, really were. We were civilians, but we were, and, and none of us were in the business. None of us were distributors, none of, except for um, a couple who were importers. But most of us were civilians, as I would say, I would call us, and we were treated like experts and. I've, you know, I can't say enough about the folks that we spoke with, uh, from Jose Cuervo in La Rojena, their distillery, uh, to El Tesoro, Casa Noble, uh, Herradura, um, even even a side trip to Arete um, was a wonderful experience. Just I cannot say enough about how we were treated, and 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 that gives us an even more appreciation for. For tequila, for you know, if we all thought we were experts before, we found out how little we really knew, and now we came back with an even with an even better appreciation and more information that we, that we need to impart. We really do. Uh, tequila right now is a very hot market. It's a very uh, hot spirit, um, and it's growing quickly by leaps and bounds, which is why you see com- new companies popping up every day, like Los, Los Dos Lunas. Um, or Siembra Azul, for that matter. And um, really, if you have a chance to, to experience this and to educate yourselves, go. Go to Mexico. Go to Jalisco. Visit distilleries. And try to visit ones that, that uh, 
that not just the ones that have the 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 the, the daily tours. But the ones off to the side of the road, the ones that are that are that don't have those daily tours, the ones that never receive uh, visitors, because those are the folks that we went to, and by far they, they appreciate folks that that are hungry for information. We and we were we were, I know I was I I, I was back at school when I went. I mean, I've always considered myself a fan anyway, but and I and I was really. I was really minor leagues when I met some of the people who, who went on this tour with us. So definitely, it was it, do yourself a favor. If you're a tequila nut, tequila fan, even the slightest uh, curiosity, go to, when you go to Mexico, visit a distillery. S- see more than one. See what the difference is between artisanal tequila and mass-produced tequila because it really is a difference. And you'll come away with a better appreciation, more education. And when you go to your local liquor store or, or when you want to buy a gift for a friend, you'll feel more confident selecting the, the product that you know will not disappoint. I, I completely agree. And I, I really um, uh, look at this uh, kind of like the, the wine industry. And I always like to go back to the wine industry because I think they've done such a good job in um, not only marketing their product but also getting the public to go in and taste their product. Because that's how that's how people get to learn, get educated, uh, you know, just like you were doing with your tequila tastings and uh, uh, tequila tasting events over in New Mexico. You have to have the public taste the product, or else they're never going to buy it. And and that way, they also get to learn what they like. You know, it's just like how do you know you're going to like a a blanco until you try it? You know, you might try it at first, and, and it might not be your cup of tea. But then you go to the añejo. And then you graduate down to, to uh, you know, you're a purist, then you become a, a Blanco fan. You know, very, very similar to wine. And I always talk about this uh, uh, being the case, where mm-hmm. a lot of wine drinkers, including myself, before I could even legally drink, started with a white Zin. Yeah. You know, you and, and, and preferably, because I'm from California, it's a California white Zin. Yeah, you have yeah. a white Zin, and then all of a sudden you, you, you like wine, and you start... Uh, Diving into other things, and, and now I'm a big red drinker, and that's the way it happens. My father is a, a big wine hound, and and constantly educates me on on new wines that he's coming, uh, you know, that he runs into. Um, so there's a lot to be said about about learning from the, from the wine industry, uh, where where it comes with tequila. As a matter of fact, when we're t- since we're talking about wine, there is in tequila. There's no such thing as a vintage. Uh, it per se. However, being around these collectors that I've that I've been with, I've discovered that, um, and 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 there are, there are tequila companies that promote this. For example, Jose Cuervo de Reserva La Familia comes out with a new vintage every year, and and literally what what they'll do is they'll of course it's it's in a new box new from, from a new box. artist box, but. We've done a lot of con- conversing about one vintage, one year versus the other, and there's really no no word for it. But vintage, you know, what do you think of the 2005 versus the 2006, well, or the 2004, and and what's it? And what are these bottles going for on eBay? You know, because a lot of these guys buy their bottles on eBay too. But um, yeah, there's a lot of comparison, and and I and as a matter of fact, Pencasul, which is another one of my favorite favorite tequilas, particularly their their reposado. They believe in the vintage idea of tequila. Some some batches, and they're very small batch. They're especially particularly their añejo, 
which we, we had the good fortune. My, my, my buddy Carlos uh, Phillips from Pencasul was nice enough to come down to visit us at the hotel uh, where we were staying. And he brought the Añejo, which I had not had a chance to taste because it's just, they make it in such small batches, it's not available in New Mexico. And I was blown away by, the, by that Añejo because it's so different from the other Añejos like, like Reserva de la Familia. And he, and they believe in the vintage idea. Some, some years you have a great production of agave, some years not so good. But, they, but their process is the same. And, and so it, it, to them it makes sense. And I think more and more um, producers, tequile, tequileros, are going, uh, moving in that direction. So you're, now you're not so far off base when you say that vintage isn't as good as last year's vintage, even though it doesn't actually say it on the bottle. Well, it would be interesting to try a vertical, okay, different years of Reserva de la Familia or... I don't know if they even have. I assume that uh, the higher-ups over at Cuervo probably get a chance to do that, take out some of their library tequilas, if you will. And um, Grand Centenario is another one that, that they you probably could do that with. Um, I know that we, when we had our cata that was, uh, that was conducted by uh, Ingeniero Jainal, who is a, uh, one of the founding fathers of the Tequila Academy, the Mexican Tequila Academy, when we had that cata, that was done with uh, Centenario, and we had Centenario Plata, Reposado, one of my favorites, and Añejo, which I'd never had before. And, um, yeah, it'd be very interesting to do that, particularly with Reserva de la Familia, because I, that's the one that where the buzz is about, you know, a yearly vintage. All I know is that when we drank out of the barrel, I, I want a bottle of that vintage, because <laughs> they, were, they were nice enough to give us a barrel that we all signed and we were, the, again, the first civilians to ever sign a barrel. We're, as I mentioned before, none of us were, are in the business of, of alcohol distribution. There were a couple of us who, who are um, importers, but none of us are distributors, uh, major distributors or, or foreign distributors. And we were the first, literally, civilians to be able to sign our own barrel. And I, I want a bottle of that when you it comes out. I it. want that one, yeah. <laughs> Well, very good. I actually saw some photographs of that. That must have been really exciting. It was amazing. They they do not, they don't. The other thing too is that this is an actual cava. It is it is climate controlled cave downstairs below where, even when they tour you through La Rojena, nobody goes in there. So this is below. It's below. It's underground, and it was just an amazing, amazing thing. That beyond where the barrels are, there was a, a, a fenced off, gated off. It literally did look like Pirates of the Caribbean. If you've ever been to Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean, this is what it looked like, okay? Same thing. And beyond it were hand-blown um, glass containers. And within these these containers were the ones, they're 100 years old, and they were originally used to transport mezcal wine. That's what they used were these uh, uh, you know, these barrels, these, these glass barrels. And they were all there. Lord knows what they would bring, you know, if you were to put those on eBay, they, I mean, you could make a fortune just selling the, the hand-blown glass bottles, you know. So it was, it was amazing. It was an amazing, amazing tour. A lot of history in there. Yes. A lot of history. Uh, 211 years of history. Wow. The only other uh, folks that have been around as long, and you may have seen the, uh, the bulletin, was Casanoble. Casanoble was considered by a committee of catadores and tequila purists as the, the best tequila of the decade.
you and I both know Pepe Hermosillo, the, the, the excellent CEO of Casa Noble, who is just a fine, fine man. He told me in one of our conversations that his family has been producing tequila since 1776, that it's longer than the Cuervo family. So when you have over 200 years of, of production experience, you've got to be doing something right. You know, there's got to be something there. Your your recipes, you know, I think you know what you're doing. They know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, and, and I would, uh, I would definitely call Pepe a, a true ambassador. Uh, yes, of, of uh, the, this beautiful spirit of Mexico. Mm. But yeah, congratulations to Casanova. I saw that come out. Yes, they're they're wonderful folks. If you have a chance to get the the brand new triple distilled Cristal. You want to try it? We were very, very fortunate to be the first ones to try the new batch, and Ian was was uh, awarded the first bottle off the production line of the new triple distilled Cristal, which is just amazing. Triple distilled, it's aged a little bit longer, left in the fer- fermentation tanks just a little bit longer. They use older agave. The whole recipe is just tweaked a little bit, and it, that makes all the difference in the world. It's just a, an amazing Blanco. An amazing. Worth every penny. Well, I'm going to have to give uh, Pepe and uh, David Rivandi a, a call. <laughs> yeah. Have them give <laughs> you that, that new, the new that. bottle off the production line. So we can talk about it. Oh, that'd be great. Because yeah. they're, they're just, and they're fine people too. I mean, it's a, they have a, 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 an actual museum now on the grounds. Probably one of my biggest thrills was sitting in Pepe's chair. Uh, in his office, you know where where it all happens. You know it was it was amazing. He and he's such a he's such a humble guy. Yeah, he's, you know? he is a, a true gentleman. I've had the privilege of meeting uh, with him and actually his family and his uh, children. So he's got a beautiful family. Yes, uh, I really I really think that uh, he embodies what uh, uh, the the real the honest uh, tequila producer is mm-hmm. in, in Mexico and the ones that are really concerned with with giving good quality uh, to the consumer. They're, they're still there. Um, there are families out there who are still keeping the, the, uh, they're still keeping the, the process alive. And, and I would say Carlos Camarena del Tesoro. Most definitely. Another one of those. Very, very passionate man. Uh, a very intelligent man. He's a, the man is a scientist. He, he, he's got his, uh, his recipe, his process down to a science. And he's very clever. He is ready for any type of spike in in demand. He has ready in his in his um, in his uh, barrel rooms storage for any type of spike in demand. Whatever distributors want from him, he is ready to deliver on the spot at a moment's notice. And and talk about being prepared. He's he's just amazing. He's an amazing man and a great guy. Uh, we got to actually drink a lot of uh, his El Tesoro right out of the, the, the first day's distillation out of a cuernito, in, like the old days, uh, out of a cacho. And it was a lot of fun. It was just, just a, a fitting end to our, to our tour. And, and I, will, I will write about that, I think, in the upcoming articles. I, I've got two more days to finish up uh, on our tour. And it, it, as you can tell, it's very, it was an amazing tour and just a lot to absorb that I want to impart to your readers and my readers to make sure that they get they get that essence of what we felt when we were there because it really was a, a special life-changing thing there's a lot to be said about about a, a beautiful little town like tequila well in fact I, I was going to get to the point where 
I took a picture of Alex uh, at work, and I use a camera that still uses film. And, and when I took this camera with me to tequila, and people were laughing at me because everybody else had digital cameras that, you know, they look like elephant guns that you shoot gophers with, you know. Uh, and here I'm using film. I'm in the middle of nowhere in the state of Jalisco, and my camera runs out. My, my battery dies. So on the way back from the, one of the distilleries, I asked uh, Cor uh, Kneidenberg, who is uh, who who runs te- TequilaTastings.com, who is oh, a corn shell, corn shell, yeah. and I and I ask him, where's the nearest camera shop? Because I got to get a battery for my camera. So I know where it is. So he takes me. This is a Friday night. He takes me to a camera shop that not only has the battery that I need, but they carry Advantix film for my camera. <laughs> and I'm in the middle of nowhere, Which only in tequila. You can't find Advantix anywhere. No, I, I mean, I, not even in L.A., you know, if I can find it. I'm lucky. But, but in tequila, you can. And, and I hope to, to impart that you know, to a lot of your readers because it was a very special evening when we, we got to walk across the Zocalo, which is the, the, the town square in front of the church on a Friday night. You know, people in Mexico, they're not much different than you and I or people here. We just want to be with our families and our kids. And, um, and to see that on a Friday night, a warm Friday night in Mexico, I wish I'd have had more time to actually just stand and watch and take pictures of, of the kids playing in front of the church. And I, unfortunately, I didn't. I, I had actually, I was in a hurry because I had, to, um, I had an interview with our uh, producer, Fina Estampa, which is another future article that I will produce for for us, for uh, you readers and, and uh, myself. And uh, that was an amazing evening, too, uh, meeting that gentleman, Alfredo Velasquez of Pina Estampa. So, yeah, That's it's... Uh, you got a lot of memories you got to put down. Oh, yeah, I know. i got to get to work. <laughs> now, let's, let's, why don't we open up the other bottle? Okay. Let's, you want to go with the Dos Lunas Reposado? Um, you want to try that? Let's try sure, that. Let's yeah, try you this. pop this one open. Here, why don't you pop it open okay. for us? And this is the... This is the Jarro Viejo. Jarro Viejo. 100% de agave, and it's got a, a pourer on it. It's got a little pourer on it? Yeah, so you're going to have to catch a little air there first to get it. Okay. Mike is pouring the Dos Lunas Reposado. No, actually, it's a Jarro oh, Viejo. excuse me. Jarro Viejo. Oh, I got confused here. Jarro Viejo. Thank you for correcting me. I thought we were getting excited about Dos Lunas. I keep telling him there's something special about Dos Lunas he needs to know. <laughs> but we're going to... Alex brought this with him, Jarro Viejo. Can I get a to-go box to go with this? Thank you. Yeah, Jarro Viejo Reposado. Yeah, we're, we're talking so much. We're, I don't get a chance to let Mike uh, eat here. That, hey, you know what? <laughs> and It happens every time. I'm telling you, if you're going to invite me to go have lunch, I'm the cheapest lunch you'll ever take me to because I don't eat. I just talk about tequila. Uh, but, I, I mean, this is I love. And you and I, you know, we've talked for hours. And as a matter of fact, just wanted to let you know how great the Internet is. Um, Alex and I... This is our first physical meeting. We've never met before. <laughs> we've talked on the phone. We've emailed each other for what? Four years? You, four or you, five years, yeah. Four or five years. You were one of our, our biggest supporters for the tequila experience when we first when we first started the show. You were nice enough to publish my, my early articles, which are not as good as my newer articles, but that's just my personal opinion. And... Um, I can't say enough about meeting him, and, and, and I love this business because you don't just shake hands with people anymore when you meet them. You, you hug, and, and both of us being Hispanic, you know, you hug with a lot of emotion. So talking about tequila is just, it's like breathing for us, 
And, and so anyway, um, Alex brings a bottle of Jarro Viejo, 100% agave tequila. It's a reposado, and it's it's rather dark. What do you think? Is it is it is it kind of does it look it dark? It's dark kind of a golden on the hue. Dark side, yeah, yeah. It's got some uh, some nice legs to that too. Very decent legs. Very good. Um, I'm going to for those of you who understand the gnome uh, part of it. I can't even read the gnome where it comes out. I believe. Let's see what his uh, POS material says. You see the but gnome. I can't Actually, I don't have it. though. the gnome is uh, 1435. 1435, so we're not exactly sure which. He does have a gnome I list with him. have a gnome list with him. You just happen I to have a gnome list. I actually forgot I had it in my bag. I saw it in your bag. I have it with, it with me as well. Um, if you're not familiar with what a gnome list is, it is a, a every, uh, for those of you who are, who are uh, newbies like I was, um, a gnome is an official number that is given to every distillery by the Mexican uh, government, the uh, CRT, which is the, the governing body of tequila, the, the cons, uh, uh, con, what is it? Consejo, este, Consejo eh, Regulador de Tequila. And every distillery has to have an official number. And this, there's a list that is printed out on the CRT website. You can find it at crt.org.mx. And you can print this out. It comes out approximately monthly. And you can see what new tequilas are coming out under which gnome list, because there's only so many distilleries, and um, some of these distilleries do produce several different brands, not necessarily owned by the same distillery or the same owner. Um, so we're trying to locate the, uh, uh, the actual, the actual uh, distillery. That's 1435. There we go. Okay. And it's uh, Destiladora La Barranca. And they're now, see, most purists will tell you they only make two tequilas, Jarro Viejo and another one. Escara, Escarabusa. Escaramusa. Boy, there's a mouthful. <laughs> and both of these are owned by the distillery. So a purist will tell you that uh, the less brands uh, that are made by a distillery, the better off you are. So this tequila should, at the beginning, you've got a lot of, a lot of good things going for it. And as we mentioned before, great legs on this one. Nice, nice string of pearls. Very fruity smell. Is it fruity to you? It is fruity. Yeah. Fruity by fruity, we mean citrusy, maybe a little pineapple. It's got some citrus in there. Yeah, I could definitely uh, smell the pineapple. Very delightful. Very, very it tickles the nose. S- smells wonderful. Yeah, it's got a very good nose. You don't, you can't smell any alcohol in there, really. No, not at all. No alcohol burn at all, uh, or smell at all. Just taste it. Yeah. Okay, I taste licorice. Some licorice in there, just a little bit. I can I can taste it now that you've identified. Yeah, it. Uh, or anise, I guess no, at this an, point. An, anise. anise, anise. Actually, I'm getting it on the back end now. Yeah, I'm getting it on the back end. That's very interesting. Very, it's very delightful. There's a lot going on with this reposado, and this is just a reposado, folks. This is not the silver or or I don't even know if they make an añejo, but I am liking this reposado. It's actually very good. I got to get some more information on this. Yeah, we need yeah, to get actually, some some some, uh, some info on this. I guys. don't know if it's uh, currently being imported. I actually received this through uh, a friend of mine, Ray Del Toro, and uh, apparently he's having contact with them, and and they are, I, I believe, are looking for either distribution or, or importation. So we'll definitely have to get some more information on them. I believe they have a, possibly a blanco, but I'll have to we'll have to follow up on that. Uh, I can help you with the importation. Because uh, I do have contacts um, with some folks, and uh, if, if they are looking for importation, please let me know. I think this is a very, very valid tequila. Um, very delightful. It's very delightful. 
very surprising. Um, and and you know what? It still has a nice little hot little burn on it's the on the, not in the throat. On, yeah. But it's not the attack is not aggressive. It is actually very fruity. Um, I I would say this is you know we had a conversation on the, on the forum very recently. Uh, for, as a matter of fact, one of the distributors or one of the importers said that he felt that reposados were going by the wayside, that more less and less people were going for reposados, and I disagree because. As you and I talked about before, we we're more purists, and so we lean toward the blancos. But anybody who leans toward a blanco would, if I had a choice between sipping an añejo and sipping a reposado, I would probably choose a reposado because you still get the best of both worlds. You get that that barrel taste or the the the, the nuances from 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 the uh, aging, and you still have that agave flavor. You know, it doesn't lose that agave flavor. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It hasn't been with the wood so long that it completely masks the the, the agave. So I completely agree. Now, this, where do you think um, the thought of of reposados going on the wayside uh, came up? Evidently, there's a there's a. I guess from the 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 feeling from folks who have their finger on the pulse of what's going on in tequila right now, they believe that that it's going black or white. It's either going blanco or it's going añejo. That very few folks are ordering. Reposados, which which is a shame because there are some award-winning reposados out there. Fina Estampa, I can think of one of them right away. Pencasul, to me, is the champagne of tequilas. And it's a, and then when they first came on the market, it was a reposado only. Other companies that are making great reposado is Polón, Corazón, which is both the same distillery. Yes. Um, and and I'll tell you what, this Jarro Viejo, I am very impressed with this. I've, I've not tasted... Uh, Something this delightful since we were in the uh, barrel room of El Tesoro. They've they've definitely got something going on with this. This uh, it, this is not your average reposado. It is, it is not. I think it's very well made. It's very well rounded. Very welcoming in, in the mouth. It's not. Uh, it's not completely full in the mouth, but it's just it's just right. It actually, it actually makes me feel like drinking more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ironically, who would who would have thought? You know. Um, they, these folks, uh, like as I said before, I'm serious. If they need Im- importation help, let me know, and I'd be more than happy to to, to connect them with someone who can uh, who's a hard worker and can really help them out. I think it's a very valid tequila. I'm very impressed. It's well made. It really, it's, uh... really has a, a totally different. And, and I think this comes probably from from the barrels that they're using. Whatever. I, I'm not sure when you can get more information on what types of barrel they're using for their aging. That would be great because that would that would narrow down where they're getting this this particular anise flavor from. Yeah, and I actually wish the the producers would um, would print more of that information because I think I think uh, uh, they really are selling this themselves short when they don't talk about uh, the type of wood that they're you know they're using and, and a lot of that. On, uh, on this on this last trip, I, I learned a lot about wood. Again, I'm not an añejo drinker, uh, and and it, there are very few reposados that I enjoy. But when when you're out there and you see what they're aging it in, and the producer tells you this is this kind of barrel, this is a used, you know, Jack Daniel's barrel. This is a the 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 type of barrel that they're using, and whether it's a used or virgin barrel makes a a lot of difference. And and I see and I, really interesting because as, as a as a blanco drinker, I came away with a bigger appreciation for the añejos and reposados, and and by the same token, those folks who were strictly añejo drinkers 
came away with a better understanding of the blancos and how they're produced. It's very odd the the the, the shift in 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 uh, that that we experienced. All of us, all thirty five of us. It was it was really it just made us better aficionados, better fans, and really appreciate. Um, how things are produced, and that's that's why when I, at first blush again to use that phrase, <laughs> um, this is a very valid reposado. This is a very interesting reposado. I think uh, if they market this correctly, uh, if they market it, I think they can they can get a lot of uh, female people behind uh, female women, uh, female women, geez. female women, <laughs> F- female market, the you know, female market I, behind this reposado, which is was, unusual. Uh, that was actually my my same thought because of. Uh, uh, of the smoothest on the, on the palate. Yes, um, the fruitiness on the on the, in the nose and the anise. It's a it's amazing. That anise just really just talk about an attack. You know. Now the label says it is from uh, Tepatitlan, Tierra Roja de los Altos de Jalisco. And la tierra es roja. It, it is, really it is, is red. red. It is red. And it's uh, that's actually kind of nice at the end of the day when you get home and your shoes are all red. Did you did you experience that? When yeah, you were out there? yeah. Uh, my socks and my tennis shoes. And <laughs> and the one thing you have to, if you're going to go visit tequila and you're going to go walk because everything's within walking distance of in tequila, the the streets are cobblestone, but they're not cobblestone like they are in England. Uh, it's not smooth, rounded, you know, uh, bricks or or rocks. Tequila in, uh, is is a volcanic area. Most of the rocks that you see, if they're not lava rocks, they're obsidian, and that's what the cobblestone is. It's obsidian, um, which is really odd to me because there were a lot of a lot of tire shops in Mex in, in, in tequila. I'm <laughs> not sure why. Rock. I couldn't figure figure out why, but but it's also very difficult it's t- it's tough on your on your on your feet take some very comfortable shoes because you can do a lot of walking and it's almost like a hike uh, number 1 you're you're over 7000 feet high uh, but secondly there's the 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 cobblestone is not comfortable cobblestone it's they're rocks and they're shards the, the the pieces of obsidian are sticking out of the ground uh, so take very comfortable shoes I, I took a pair of these boots that I'm wearing now uh, when I came back from just just from Casanoble, I had I had holes in my shoes because the obsidian is <laughs> very sharp, and it will go through your soles of your sh- of your shoes. So I had to have them resole when I got back to, to to Albuquerque. Just just as a side note, folks. Okay, this is this is just practical information you can use when you're touring Tequila, Mexico. Good good information. <laughs> Bring comfortable shoes. Well, I don't know if it's me, but uh, second second taste here. Now that the bottle, or actually that the tequila is in the glass, it's almost like it's changed a little bit. Yes, um, and and I've noticed. I'm not sure if everybody else has out there, but I like to when uh, again. Uh, for instance, the bottles of Dos Lunas that I brought, uh, Alex, they were with me on a plane. They they they've suffered, uh, you know, cabin pressure. They were they were they've gone through the X-ray machine, uh, so they they're a little agitated, agitado, as we say, and so you sounded like a Cuban there for a second, agitado, yeah, <laughs> and so we had, uh, so one of the things that, that I do just as a rule, just for me personally, is when I pour a, a, a snifter or or in my case a Riedel glass, 
uh, of tequila initially i'll let it open you let it breathe it's yeah, very much like wine you let it breathe so that the initial alcohol fumes and whatever it's been through it's very much like shaking a can of coke you know it, it's not gonna it's not gonna explode in your face but still it's been through a little a little jostling or if it's been in the trunk of your car or whatever so let it air out a little bit and yes uh now that it's been it's been out and popped open and of course i had a difficult time pouring it as well so when it finally caught air you know it something changes in it. There are chemical changes in tequila that you can go through a whole bottle, and as you go through the bottle, the taste changes. Um, I think I think they're like Reserva de la Familia gets sweeter as you get toward the end of the bottle. But that's again my opinion. I, <laughs> you know, and I'm a I'm a blanco drinker, so you can take that for what it's worth. Very good. So I I uh, actually like this quite a bit. I do too. I like it a lot. This is this is definitely one to watch out for. We'll have to get some more information. Yes. Do a follow-up on this one. Yes, definitely. Very good. Well, thank you, uh, Jaro Viejo. Well, let's move on to Dos Lunas. We need two more glasses. And we got... Uh, good deal. One here. Okay, now, this one, I want I want to hear what your opinion is. Because... Mike's opening up the bottle here. Again, it's the uh, Obelisque bottle. And this has a... Um, actually, I put my white napkin down on the table now so I can... <laughs> yeah, so I you can see, see the true color here. Yeah, this again is courtesy of Dos Lunas. Thank you for that. Yeah, thank you, Dos Lunas. Thank you, Mike, for hauling it. Uh, all hey, the way like I said, it was called food most of the way. <laughs> well, I believe tequila is food. Yes, it is. I, yeah, I, as a matter of fact, uh, the uh, the ticket uh, gal at the ticket counter said to me, "Just tell him it's your breakfast instead of telling him it's tequila." Okay, it's my breakfast. <laughs> But I, but you, you'll be the first one to to attest to the fact that I did not open this as breakfast. Okay, so this this came sealed by the time it got here. Well, it has a peculiar nose to it. When I first tasted this, I, I was in the offices of um, D.W. Turner, which is the public relations company for uh, Dos Lunas, and what struck me initially when I opened up the bottle, and these were sealed bottles that I opened up in their offices, was the barrel nose. I had a really, the only thing I could, the last experience I had with, with this kind of a smell was when we walked into the barrel room of Arete because it was it was a sealed room. Now, what I smelled in Arete was the barrels. It was, and they used Jack, Jack, Jack Daniels whiskey barrels. And it was, if you, if, when you say the, the phrase died and gone to heaven, I died and went to heaven. And heaven smells like two things. For me, one is the smell of añejo, which is these <laughs> barrels, and the other one is green chili roasting in New Mexico, which you have to come to the New Mexico to, to smell. But it's a very, very strong barrel smell. What struck me very interesting about this reposado is that, by and large, reposados, well, as a rule, reposados are rested in larger barrels. The only the the añejos are arrested in small batch barrels and that's by law they have to be smaller barrels reposados can be i forget how many thousands of liters a reposado can be resting in so there's not a whole lot of tequila touching the barrel whereas in añejo they're small batch because most of the tequila is touching the wood and what struck me was that this reposado has a very strong wood smell it to does. it it does and again, just like the Blanco, beautiful legs, nice tears, 
that you can see on the sides of the glass. By the way, we're using uh, snifters, not Riedel glasses, uh, which I would recommend that we that you use all the time when you when you first taste a tequila and you're doing a, a self gata at home. Uh, Riedel glassware makes a s- specific tequila glass for just this type. But traditionally in Mexico, you'll use the small, the mini snifters, or even the the, the medium-sized snifters. And you get the beautiful tears, oh, yeah. really nice tears on this. And you can pick up those glasses. I've seen them at, uh, I don't, do you have BevMo out there in Mexico? We don't, uh, but yes, BevMo is a, is a huge... BevMo is a, is a huge uh, uh, outlet. Which is beverages and more. Beverages and more. And probably uh, liquor barn. I don't know if there's liquor barn. Liquor barn is available in New Mexico. That it's uh, you either have Kelly's or Quarters. There's, there's two of the major ones, but they are available in New Mexico, and that's where I get. In fact, as a matter of fact, I give them away as gifts for friends, because I I always. Every time I'm invited to a party or a barbecue, they always expect Mike to bring the tequila. And, and, and so I, I try to do a little education, not just as a gift, but, you know, so they, the, the, the people who are not used to this get a little education from me. And, and a lot of us do the same thing. You know, we try to convert people from, from the mixtos, the 5149, oh, yes. to, uh, to stuff that, that's really good. And, and I've, I've really converted a few people. And it's taken a while, but some people are, um, are more conducive to that type of, of education and so they know that when I show up with a couple of glasses from Riedel they've, they've earned the right to actually have a couple of glasses and, and it's nice Very to give crystal for friends so oh, yeah. so anyway let's try it got an interesting taste interesting it's, um, it's, uh, you tell me it's I want to hear your oil, opinion it's oily on my palate yes it's oily on my palate it is there um, isn't uh, there isn't much of a burn so it's, it's actually which makes it smooth but I find it very oily, which is not a bad thing. But no, it's not a bad thing. And the smell—I did some investigating um, with with some of the experts that I that I, I've I've met now on our on our tour, and I've discovered that. And this is probably more information than than the listeners and readers need to know, but they need to know. Uh, according to the the normas, tequilas are allowed at least one percent of additives to the recipes and the additives need to be uh, natural additives that are um, approved by their their FDA their version of the FDA and they could be caramel color they could be caramel it could be vanilla I've done some some checking and I understood that it is also not uncommon that uh, wood essence is available and use and it's very very powerful. It doesn't take a whole lot to to add um, to enhance a tequila. Is that a bad thing? Is that a good thing? You decide. Personally, personally, it's very pleasurable to smell that añejo because it brings back to me a lot of special memories from when we took this tour. As a and I'm not a catador. I, I'm I'm I'll have to again preface this by saying this is just my personal opinion. But we are students. I'm, we are <laughs> students, and we are probably as long as we stay students, we'll be okay. We'll be okay. But um, it is very unusual to have a reposado smell so strongly of barrel, wooden barrel. Whether they use an enhancement or not, I'm not sure. Does that make a difference? I'm not sure. Um, they start off with a very solid blanco. Um, it's always been my personal opinion that if you start off with a solid blanco, 
there's really not a, a lot of ways that you can mess up the rest of it, but some producers do. Others improve on it. I think that the smell, the barrel smell is very inviting. There's nothing wrong with it. Their, their marketing will have to take a different look on it because it's a very elegant smell, too. A barrel smell, an añejo smell, is an elegant smell, and, and their website belies that because they, their market that they look like they're going after is the, the, young, the young sipper, the new sipper market. I think the president, I mentioned that in one of my articles that the uh, president of Diageo uh, said that there will be at least, what, a, a million people coming of age in the next 10 years who will be drinking spirits or 20 something <clears throat> yeah and, and they they actually they've they've become somewhat more refined so your 20 something is is um, opting for the wines and the finer spirits versus the beers even though obviously i'm, I'm a big big uh, beer fan a micro brew fan beer beer has taken a big a beating in the market it has they've lost a big chunk of it and of course Mr. Coors getting busted for DWI doesn't help much. <laughs> but that's Coors. That's Coors. It's an interesting reposado. Very interesting reposado. Totally night and day from, from uh, Jarro Viejo. But the, these, let me tell you, back backtracking with uh, the folks at DW Turner on the decisions that were made by Dos Lunas to begin with, they've done their homework. These guys are no slouches. They picked a great distillery. They they obviously took a lot of a lot of uh, time in in the bottle uh, design. So this is a a very again a very solid reposado. As I said before, if they're using enhancement, is that a bad thing? Is that a good thing? It may be a good thing. Uh, as I said before, for me, it brought back a lot of great memories. Uh, that that reposado smell. It smells like an añejo. But it's a reposado. Sure that, is. again, could be a good thing. Now, their, their añejo comes out next year. And so I'm very, very anxious to see what the añejo smells like and tastes like. And compare it to uh, to the reposado. Yes. Again, it's a very solid tequila. I, I guess as, uh, from a marketing standpoint, I wish they would make up their mind which direction that they want to <laughs> go in and decide, you know, pick a direction and go there. Because they've done everything else perfectly. Perfectly. I, I see it as a very successful tequila i think there's going to be very very successful in the market and i think you're going to hear a lot of good things about them i think they're going to be very very big and you want to watch out for them they're not in california yet i i'm not exactly sure when they're planning to be in california but they will have no problem being accepted none at all um these trendy tequila bars now that are popping up not only all over southern california but all over the united states all over the country yeah, they're they're going to have a great time with this with this presentation because it's an elegant presentation. It's beautiful, but again, night and day compared to Siembra Azul or even Jarro Viejo. So you have a full spectrum here that we that we just tasted tonight, uh, today at lunch, which is an, an amazing thing. This is the, the beauty of tequila is that yeah, it all comes from the same plant. I, as I mentioned, and I will mention in my articles that there's there's really only one made one way to make tequila, but there are several different ways to tweak it. There are several different recipes that, that, that you can you can do to to enhance and improve. Uh, I think Casanoble is one of the forerunners or front runners of uh, knowing you know how to how to tweak the recipe because they produce so many different lines and yet the, and they're all solid tequilas. 
some of them were sad to see them go. Like Don Viejo was one of my favorites, and it's gone. It's history. So if you run across a Don Viejo bottle, buy it because it's no longer produced. But it's a anything out of the Casanova Distillery. You you can you can serve proudly in your home. You can make a mixed drink out of it without any problems at all. And um, and and that's again the beauty of, of this tequila is it, it, the tequila in general is it. There's one way to make it, but there's several different ways to tweak it, and and that's the beauty of, of comparing one with the other. And they're all fine. They're all these wonderful tequilas this afternoon. It's just what an experience. Oh yeah. Well, we've had the, the I'm going to say again the privilege. Yes. Of uh, being with Mike Morales. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> we finally get a chance to meet in person. Yeah, in person. And uh, you brought to us the Dos Lunas Silver and Reposado. We had the chance to to taste, and we thank uh, the people from Dos Lunas also, and also Siembra Azul. Which uh, yes. is your dream tequila, Mike? That's my dream tequila. And you know what? I'm going to let you take the dream with you. Oh, you are so kidding you me. Yes. Oh, my God. So <laughs> <laughs> you poor man. You they have no idea what you've they done. They really love me. <laughs> they love me if you like Sally Field. And, uh, um, and, and we I actually really enjoy the, the Jarro Viejo. Jarro Viejo is a dark horse. And, again, seriously, Alex, find out what they're doing. And if they do need uh, importation help, let me know. We need to get them over here. Yeah, because that is a winning ticket. Very impressed with, with Arro Viejo. Um, in, similar in the same way that I was impressed with Simbra Azul when, when I first tasted it. Just amazing. Well, of course, I'm, I'm impressed by, you know, I'm easy. I'm impressed by, you know, anything. But <laughs> I think we're all easy. Yeah. That's where that, and that's, and uh, again, you know, uh, when you guys, when you're out there listening to this, uh, stay tuned to, you know, tequilaaficionado.com. That is the primary uh, website for tequila news and information. Um, I proudly, proudly write articles and blogs for for uh, you, Alex, and and for you're the readers us, out there. You're making us blush. Hey, and you know, if, if we're the nice thing, the great thing about the internet is that we're all easily accessible. You know, if you need to get a hold of us for any reason, you have a question, you have a complaint, whatever it is, send us an email. Send one to Alex. He he knows how to get a hold of me. Um, and it's certainly, uh, the the beautiful thing about tequila. And, and this industry is is the connections you make and the relationships you forge. And the, what we're all about, since we're all fans, it's anything that we can do to help, uh, which is our bottom line. Uh, I, I write the articles because not only do I love to write, but I love to write about tequila. And if I can impart that to, to you, to you folks out there and, and, and Alex, great. If you learn something, even better. Uh, if, if I'm full of smoke, tell me. Or something else. Yeah, it, it is a small world when it comes to uh, to tequila. Yeah, uh, I, I would I like to call it a family. It is. It's a family, and yet, on the flip side, it's it's international. Uh, companies like Casanova are front runners in going to Europe, to Russia, to Asia. Um, India right now is a very very hot market. Uh, of course, Cuervo and Sousa have been there for a couple of years now. Uh, they saw it coming. And uh, the Mexican uh, the Mexican tequila industry is uh, not wanting to uh, 
they're they're not wanting to to put all their eggs in one basket anymore. They they don't want to rely on the American economy, which is a very very smart thing to do. The, if they learned anything from the tequila crisis, is that don't rely on the American you know economy. If you can go overseas, if you can if you can come up with flavored tequila, I mean, there's a market for that too. Um, I saw, sadly, I saw agave rotting in the fields. And, you know, that means that there are farmers and, and people who are cultivating this that aren't making any money. Agave, there's a, there's a glut on the market, and, a, and the price of agave is low. So anything that the, 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 the tequila industry can do to, to get it out there in, to further the market, to extend, to get more mileage out of that agave plant, go for it. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean that you and I will be drinking flavored, you know, tropical pina flavored tequila. <laughs> Uh, but again, there's a market for that. There is a market. There's definitely a market. Yeah. And uh, I, I really believe that if anything, it'll drive uh, the the tequila growth. Because uh, I know there's a lot of naysayers out there that say, "Well, that's going to ruin the market." You know, who wants flavored products? But look what it's done to vodka. Uh, you know, look what it's done to to other types of spirits. So if anything, it will it will capture, if not uh, probably the tequila drinker that's never had tequila before. And bring them, you know, right back to, you know, being a, a purist uh, with the Blancos or, or Reposado or, or Añejo fan. If they have the slightest curiosity, like we did, I mean, we've all been there. We've all done the, the 5149. And uh, if we have the slightest curiosity, we'll, we'll investigate more. And if that is the case, if it's a, if it's a door opener for the rest of the industry for, for the next 10 years... Like Diageo uh, has has predicted, uh, then the tequila industry is in for a huge boom, a huge boom. And if I learned anything from our shows that we had in New Mexico, and we had several different lines, and we were solicited by by new tequila companies that were not available in New Mexico or had very limited uh, distribution. If I learned anything, is that there's room for everybody, you know. In one show, we had seventy-five different um, l- different flavors. That's what I like to call them: flavors, the reposado, the añejo, and the blanco. Maybe from the same brand or the same label, but when you count that, and everybody has, and everybody has an opinion. Uh, you know, as many tequilas as we had, we had that many different opinions. So there's room for everybody, and certainly if this if this if this can do anything but solidify the industry go for it you know there's if it, if it helps the economy especially the mexican economy right now and the farmers the agriculturalists out there um i'm all for it i don't i won't necessarily drink it but certainly there's a market for it whether it's in europe whether it's the united states go for it because it'll lead you to el cholos it'll lead you to you know uh alex's microphone you'll come back and listen and you'll You'll go look for Arro Viejo or Siembra Azul or Dos, Dos Lunas, and and you'll uh, you'll appreciate it even more. I think I think it, you know, I, I think it'll enhance the appreciation that you'll have for for tequila in general. Uh, I don't think I don't think that the uh, the new normas with with the infusion of you know fruit, and vegetables, and whatever else they're infusing <laughs> tequila with is going to hurt anything. If anything, it will, it, it, as you said, it will enhance, the, will enhance the industry. It. I really think so. Mike, thanks for being with us. 
It's a pleasure, a privilege. You're a wealth of knowledge. Uh, You're a seasoned, uh, you know, call, almost be a veteran now. <laughs> yeah. Especially hanging out with that uh, blind date group of yours. <laughs> but uh, I wish I would have been there. Hopefully I can be on, on the next tour. Um, if, if, if and when we put on a next tour, and, and of course that will be up to the, the, the guys who, who planned it originally, I will definitely let you know. Uh, it is it is an experience you should not miss. Uh, do yourself a favor, w- whatever spirit you're involved in, whether it's whiskeys or, or or vodkas, do yourself a favor and do the check it out. Go to the source and see how it's done. Be there with the people because that's the most important thing. It really doesn't matter what spirit you're into. It could be beer. You know, go to Germany, go to Austria, go to go wherever they make your favorite beer. Check it out. Um, if your thing happens to be tequila, like it is in this website, go to tequila. Check it out. Meet with the people. S- you know, immerse yourself in, in the flavor. And and you'll come away ch- a changed person. You really, really will. And I think the 36 of us that went are changed forever. Uh, your relationships are stronger. And, and a trip like that, if it happens again, I'm on it. You know, uh, definitely it'd be something that, that you and I will need to, to go and experience. And, and, and you folks out there who are listening, do it. Go, don't even wait for us. You know, just, just good, go out and do it. Good advice. And, and uh, probably this will be a, a topic for another show is, is what maybe the tequila industry can do to create uh, that tourism down there. Uh, very, very, very similarly like what the wine industry has done with, uh, with Napa Valley and Sonoma. Well, the, the, the great news about that is that uh, the tequila area, the region, has recently been uh, awarded the, uh, I think it's a, a national uh, cultural site now, the Agave Fields. UNESCO has voted it just in this past week yes. as a, uh, a cultural uh, environment, the region itself. So they're hoping that that will enhance um the the uh, tourism in tequila, and it can only help. Um, I think uh, I believe the numbers are seventy five to eighty percent of the of the population are all working for distilleries in tequila, or growing agave. Um, so I I'm so happy for tequila. A lot of really good things have happened since we've been there in March. A lot of sad things have happened too. Uh, Herradura has. Uh, Two weeks after we got back from uh, from the tour, was up for sale, according to the to the Wall Street Journal. I'm not sure if that sale has gone through or not, or if anything's been happening with that. I haven't heard anything. It's really sad because Herradura is such a fine producer and and just as as potent as as uh, uh, Jose Cuervo, a very impressive distillery. And yet, one of the fir- one of the only working haciendas still in in Mexico. Um, just a, a wealth of history there too. So I, I hope that doesn't hurt Herradura. Uh, but we, we'll, you know, time will tell. Time will tell. We'll have to see what happens. Well, we want to thank Simbrasur, uh, Los Lunas, uh, Tequila Jaro Viejo, also uh, El Cholo Restaurants. Uh, thank you to uh, Blair Salisbury who hosted yes. us here. Please, and, uh, please come. It is uh, if you're a tequila nut, you'll love their tequila bar. And we'll have we'll have their, their restaurant information so you can come visit. But uh, until next time, sip wisely. 
I'd like to thank Mike Morales for taking time out to meet with me, and also Blair Salisbury from El Cholo Restaurant in Pasadena for allowing us to use his facilities. Also, thank you to the people from Siembra Azul Tequila, Dos Lunas Tequila, and my friend Ray Del Toro for providing Jarro Viejo Reposado for us to try. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we hope to have Mike back on the air soon. Until next time, sip wisely. <laughs>